It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every single day throughout the weekday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And this is our second week of being on YouTube, which means you need to go over to YouTube.com, search Locked On Panthers, and click the subscribe button so you can watch every single episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast there over on YouTube. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, and tomorrow's Friday, so that means... Today, you need to go ahead and send me in those questions by either adding me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. So get those questions into me now. The NFL Scouting Combine is ongoing up in Indianapolis. Might be the last time in a long time that the Combine will be up in Indy, a place that actually apparently does a really good job hosting it. The NFL is the NFL, and they like to go to different markets and like to have things be big and panache and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not really concerned because I wasn't there. But our guest coming up here in a few minutes will be there, uh, is there right now, Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network. He's a draft analyst, also hosts a podcast for the Believe Podcast Network. So we're going to have him on here shortly. But the news of the day for the Carolina Panthers, and I don't know how much you can really refer to it as news, considering anyone who's paid attention to this Panthers team over the last four or five months knows that the quarterback position here in Carolina is, well... A problem. And the guy who started last year, and there was multiple guys who started last year, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, and Cam Newton. But this is a Sam Darnold conversation. We know that he is not the long-term answer here in Carolina. Maybe a coconut hits Sam Darnold on the head, and he figures out the how to play quarterback at a high level in the National Football League. But even if that happens, in terms of coconut hitting him over the head, I don't think Sam Darnold is ever going to be the player a lot of folks thought he was going to be when he was drafted third overall back in 2018 out of USC. He has turnover problems. He is not accurate and just makes the worst kind of decisions and honestly doesn't inspire much leadership. That's his calm demeanor, the Cali cool. You saw when Cam Newton came in, the energy level on that sideline when they won in Arizona and just the energy in the stadium for the homecoming and Ron Rivera's return against the Washington football team, everything felt different. But when Sam Darnold was there, he kind of sucked the life out of the organization. And that's unfortunate because he seems like a good guy. I actually might want to hang out with him and grab a beer with him. But the problem is he's not a good quarterback and the Carolina Panthers need a good quarterback. And that probably, and not probably, that definitely means trying to move off of Sam Darnold. And Scott Fitter, let it be known on Wednesday that the job is open saying, I'd say Sam would be the first to tell you he didn't play as consistent as he needed to do last year. There was a lot of different factors in that, including the offensive line, injuries with Christian McCaffrey, but he does need to take that next step. 
We need stability at the quarterback position, whether that is Sam or somebody else. Someone needs to take a hold of that position and own it. Right now, it's open. If Sam does it, that'd be great, but it's open. He also went on to say, you don't ever want to force a quarterback decision, but we're going to be aggressive about it and look at every single option out there. You can't just sit back and let things happen. We're going to explore every option, and if it makes sense, we're going to do it, and we're going to be aggressive about that. And that pretty much echoes the sentiment that we had already heard a couple weeks ago from Peter Schrager of Good Morning America when he had his conversation back at the Super Bowl with Panthers owner David Tepper about the Panthers wanting to be aggressive once again in the quarterback market. We had the conversation, too, that that aggressiveness led them to Sam Darnold after they whiffed on Matthew Stafford when he said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to L.A. to go get this Lombardi. Congratulations to Stafford. Make the right decision. And then Deshaun Watson, his issues, which Scott Peter was asked about, he did not comment because Deshaun Watson is still under contract with another team, and that would be tampering. Legal tampering doesn't happen here for another 11 days. And when that day comes, I'm very excited to talk about those players potentially who be coming to Carolina. But he does not want to have the conversation when it comes about Deshaun Watson. But the aggressiveness landed them on Sam Darnold. They decided that Sam Darnold plus the eighth pick, which turned out to be J.C. Horn, was better for the Carolina Panthers than getting a Mac Jones at eight, who led the Patriots or at least helped the Patriots get to the playoffs this past season. And Justin Fields, who had his ups and downs in Chicago. But there's a lot of folks there in Chicagoland area who think he's going to be the future of the Chicago Bears, who have really never had that all-star franchise quarterback that they're hoping that Fields will be. They definitely whipped on the quarterback part of that by choosing Sam Darnold. Darnold does not have it. Whatever it is, it is not within him, and it probably is never going to be within him. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everyone's wrong. Scott Bitter mentioned the offensive line struggles, and he continued to say that will be a priority. Whether they sit there at six and take somebody or trade back, they're definitely going to not wait till the draft. We keep talking about what's going to happen with the sixth pick. They're absolutely going to be signing people in free agency, which is my preference anyway, to go get veterans because we can't be relying on some rookie to be a starter. Potentially, they could be a starter, but you don't want to be relying heavily on a rookie to either slide in at left guard or left tackle or even left guard and then center. You want to have some veterans, and there's a great tackle market veteran-wise. There's also some good guards out there. So the Carolina Panthers are going to turn every stone over when it comes to the offensive line, which has been an offseason priority since they had their – um, morning after that were their not morning after, but their um ah oh god, whatever the hell it's called. The uh the the cleanup day press conference. Well, whatever. I can't I can't think of the name right now. But either way, Sam Darnold, he was already on notice. He already knew that he probably wasn't gonna keep his job, but Scott Fitter and the Panthers are gonna do everything they can to bring someone in. And I've already said to y'all before, Rogers, we're gonna find out his decision here very shortly, probably on a Pat McAfee show. He's going back to Green Bay, in my opinion. Russell Wilson, I don't really see why he would leave. And the common sentiment of a lot of teams out there, and this was reported by Ian Rappaport on Tuesday, is that it's not going to be a really robust free agent market when it comes to quarterbacks. And even the guys that you might want to trade for, like Garoppolo, who apparently is going to have a shoulder surgery that's going to keep him out until the summer on his throwing shoulder, which is now maybe going to even bring down his uh, the price, which was already pretty low as is, considering that no team has really stepped up to um, – to the plate to trade for him. And that's according to Tim Kawakami of the athletic there in San Francisco, longtime uh, 49ers writer and columnist in the Bay area. Maybe Garoppolo is an option. And we talk about Kirk cousins. Does it make sense to trade whatever it's going to take to get Kirk cousins when he's already proven that he can't win a super bowl. And speaking of that, Scott Fitter was asked about, you know, do you need to have that great quarterback? And he said, you could have a good quarterback. You can still win a super bowl. Now you have to 
have a roster that can help their limitations and you can overcome it. He said in the past, you've seen teams able to overcome that. But recently, have you? Stafford proved that you got to have a really good quarterback. He stepped in. He did things that Jared Goff couldn't do. Jared Goff, yes, got the Rams to the Super Bowl, but he could not win it when they needed him to. You also look at the situation a couple of years ago. In the past two years, really, past two of the last three seasons, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good enough. Lost to Stafford on the road. Lost in the Super Bowl with the 49ers or controlled that game throughout the first, what, 55 minutes before Kansas City came back with Mahomes. If you don't have that elite quarterback, and you, over time, come on, Brady, Roger, not Rod, well, Brady, Roethlisberger, Manning over on the AFC side, those have been the guys who've been going to Super Bowls over the last 15, 20 years. You have to have an elite quarterback. I understand that a Trent Dilfer has done it before, but I just don't think a Trent Dilfer is going to get it done today in football, in the National Football League in 2022. So, yeah, they might want to find someone who's obviously an upgrade from Sam Darnold, but that still might be a mid-level player for the Carolina Panthers, and that's why I cautioned them. Man, just don't give away too much for a player like Kirk Cousins, who clearly is not going to win a Super Bowl for you. And you have to have a near-perfect roster. And yeah, the Vikings probably didn't have a near-perfect roster. But if it takes a near-perfect roster to win a Super Bowl with a certain quarterback, then you probably need to be moving on. And David Tepper's made that point known. Also, a couple other things that he talked about on a Wednesday afternoon when speaking to the media up in Indianapolis. And he understands that the, there's a lot of angst when it comes to this organization heading into year three of Matt Rule and the fans are tired of losing, haven't been to the playoffs since 2017. He went out and said, winning can't happen fast enough around here. There is urgency and there's an opportunity this year. And as long as we make good decisions one after another and keep tracking and building in the right way, it'll happen. I know for Mr. Tepper and Nicole, it can't happen fast enough or for myself or for head coach Matt Rule. I get the frustration from the fan base. We need to push it. That's our responsibility. We need to put a product on the field that can win. And so that's our emphasis. And I would love for it to be this year. I personally don't care about Ms. that David Tepper and his wife's uh, feelings. I don't really care about Matt Rule's feelings either. I care about the fan base. The people who have sat here and watched 27 seasons of Carolina Panthers football and have yet to have back-to-back -back winning seasons. We were told when Ron Rivera was fired and when they were going to find a new head coach that he wanted to have sustained success here in Carolina. It would be the short-term suffering, and that Rome wasn't built in the day. Then after one season, David Tepper said, I can't watch Teddy Bridgewater anymore. And that led to Sam Darnold and the aggressiveness. So, yes, if they want to improve this upcoming season, over the next couple of weeks and months, they're going to have to make good decisions after another and keep tracking and building the right way. Up until this point, they built the wrong way because they have not uh, taken a put an emphasis on the offensive line they've chosen the wrong quarterbacks time and time again they've traded for players who are we sure are actually going to turn out to what they hope they're going to be like a cj henderson and they've given up picks to bring in stefan gilmore it's only one pick in 2023 but still a lot of bad decisions so fingers crossed that things are going to get worked out here scott fitter also talked about you know looking at the quarterbacks they're not necessarily enamored with them, but they're going to certainly look at every single one of them in terms of the Ian Thomas deal that was signed or at least announced on Friday. Uh, that was a lot to do with Ben McAdoo, who was formerly a tight end coach with the Green Bay Packers, who has a very tight end friendly system. And that's something I pointed out and a lot of people pointed out on Friday or at least on Monday's show, but on Friday when um, it was announced that Ian Thomas would be back here in Carolina. And Scott Fitter said he's a mid-level tight end. We paid him like that, even though, hell, $16 million guaranteed for someone who has really not produced the last couple seasons is pretty wild. But he does mention that there's been offensive issues. The quarterback, obviously, and that's part of the reason why he hasn't produced. 
yeah, he has tight end. He has some receiving skills. And if you get to the seam, apparently he can get up to 20 miles per hour, whatever. Ian Thomas is just not, at least from what we see, has not been what we hoped he would be. Yeah, he played basketball and played two years of college football. And now he's still kind of transitioning and learning the game at the highest level. We will see. So Ben McAdoo, if that's the guy that you like and you think he can do it for you, then we'll see. It also appears that Hassan Reddick, who was a free agent and after 23 and a half sacks the last two seasons, is probably gone. And Federer said he would like to have him. He mentioned that the Frankie Louvu signing was independent of whether they thought they could re-sign Reddick. He's spoken to Reddick's representation, and he has a good relationship with his agent. But to me, it sounds like Hassan Reddick is going to get the bag. And he, Federer mentioned he's going to cost a lot of money. Do the Panthers have enough space for that? They still wanted to reward Frankie Louvu and Ian Thomas, and he believes that Louvu can be a starter. So I know I was asked about that a couple weeks ago in a Friday mailbag. What is the role that Louvu could play next season? Apparently, he could be a starter. So we'll see how that plays out. Also, Cam Newton get asked about that a lot. They have had a private conversation with Cam. They'll continue to have conversations with Cam, and they're not going to say anything about whether he's going to be back or not. They're open to it. But again, Cam said, I ain't coming back for no 5-12. and 12. And the Panthers make bad decisions like they've done the last two off-seasons. Probably looking at 5-12 and 12 once again. So we will see how things play out. But Scott Federer made it known on Wednesday in Indy that they are open for business when it comes to finding a new quarterback. Will it be the right business? We will see. All right, up in Indy is Tony Pauline. He's of the Believe Podcast Network, also works for Pro Football Network, where he is an NFL draft analyst. We'll get his thoughts on the quarterback class, some of the offense alignment the Carolina Panthers could be looking at, and overall what he thinks the Panthers should do this upcoming free agency and offseason period and the draft here in about a month and a half over in Las Vegas. So we'll get to that here in just a moment. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, or the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, as promised, live from the Combine up in Indianapolis is Tony Pauline. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tony Pauline. If you're watching YouTube, you see him right down there. He is of the Believe Podcast Network. He also works as a NFL draft analyst for the Pro Football Network. Tony, thanks for joining us today on the show, man. Thanks for having me. I hope everyone can see and hear me as I am sitting here in the press room or radio row with uh, the Combine in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, we got you, man. Uh, we got you right there loud and clear. We can see you um, looking good. Let's ask you this first. You know, with the Panthers, just your overall thoughts heading into this offseason on the team, where they're at as 
I would imagine from the outside looking in, it looks like it's a pretty vital year here for year three for Matt Rule. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but the fact is Matt Rule never really had a quarterback. I, I mean, they made the trade for Sam Darnold, and I'm up in New York, and I thought that that was the guy, and I don't know why they gave away all that ammunition uh, for Sam Darnold, who was a quarterback really on the downslide. Uh, you look at the last two seasons he played uh, in New York before he was traded on to uh, Carolina. Um, so they, I, I think they wanted Deshaun Watson or, or a bigger-name quarterback. Obviously, uh, even though the, the owner wanted Watson, that wasn't going to happen with all the – you know, allegations that came out literally, what, in March of last year. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's not a great situation. I don't think you can put it all on that rule. I don't think he's ever had a real quarterback uh, to work with. And the fact is this, you know, people complain Matt Rule, but he was a hotly uh, desired commodity at the coaching position, as we saw, where, uh, you know, the, the Tepper and the Panthers got him through the door and they wouldn't let him out uh, without having a signature on a contract. Yeah, I know. Speaking here locally, I know a lot of fans blame Matt Rule actually for the quarterback situation. They look at bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. And look, when that contract came out, it made sense to me that he would be a bridge quarterback. Whatever reason, after one season, the owner, David Tepper, seemed to want to move off of Bridgewater. They tried Matthew Stafford. He, rightfully so, chose to go to the Rams instead. They wanted Watson with the legal stuff. That popped up, and they decided that Sam Darnold plus the eighth pick that turned out to be J.C. Horn made more sense than getting either a Mac Jones or a Justin Fields. So at least right now, it looks like they made the wrong decision at quarterback. We'll see how J.C. Horn develops over the next couple of seasons. Now, speaking of quarterback, they're going to be in the market for them, for one. We'll see what they do maybe in free agency or via a trade. But looking at the quarterback class here in a 2022 draft, of the quarterback you've seen, who makes the most sense, you think, for the Carolina Panthers if they stay there right at six? None. There's no None. quarterback on my board that's worth the top 15 pick. You may have a quarterback that goes somewhere after pick 10, but none of these guys are worth top 10 selections. So if they decide to go quarterback with their selection, they don't trade down. In my opinion, it would be a massive reach. The Some of the quarterbacks here are pretty good, or in this year's draft, they're all here, I should say, at the combine. Yeah. Uh, but they, they're not NFL ready, and, and they don't. some of them don't have great upside. Malik Willis has got a tremendous amount of upside ability. He could be a potentially outstanding NFL quarterback, but he needs a lot of work on his game. He needs a lot of work for going from being a passer or going to be an athlete and a thrower to a passer. Uh, you know, he makes some um, mind-blowing throws at times because he's so dead-on accurate with a with a strong arm, but then he makes some head-scratching throws. You got Matt Corral, who's also a very physically talented quarterback, a guy I like a lot. But coming from that Lane Kiffin offense in Mississippi, how long is it going to take him to transition into an NFL offense? And then you got Kenny Pickett, who's probably the most NFL-ready of all the top quarterbacks, but he doesn't have a great arm. He's more of a game manager. I don't know that he's the type of guy that Rule wants, or I definitely don't think he's the type of quarterback that's going to carry an offense on their shoulders, on his shoulders. Who's the top-rated quarterback then for you in this class? Because you don't have any in the top 10. How, where's the highest that you have a quarterback on your board? Well, I, I have Malik Willis right now as my top-rated quarterback, and I believe he's the 18th or 19th-rated prospect on my board. Okay, so if they were to trade back, just looking at the scheme here, Ben McAdoo is now the offensive coordinator. Does Willis make the most sense if they were to trade back and take a quarterback, or is it Kenny Pickett, who once upon a time was committed to Matt Rule back when Rule was coaching at Temple? Well, I I mean, I think Matt Willis can be that type of quarterback, uh, but he brings the added dimension of being able to pick up yardage with his legs. I, I mean, he's a guy that you can roll the pocket out, roll the pocket and have him throw, or you can have him roll outside the pocket and throw or he can take off on, on design quarterback runs. I don't know that you want to do that all that often, but I think he can be that type of quarterback. Listen, 
the fact is this is regardless of what the system is, Willis is the most physically gifted. And it's just a matter of hand-holding, proper coaching, and development, which we've seen, uh, you know, not a lot of at the quarterback position in the NFL in recent years, a la Sam Darnold. Yeah, would you see Willis as a guy who would benefit from our redshirt year in the, for his first year? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, you could Trey Lansom, you can Patrick Mahomes, and whatever you want to talk about, or whatever you want to call it, sign a veteran quarterback and kind of spoon-feed uh, Malik Willis into the uh, – into the lineup, into the game. You know, don't start him from week uh, one, which I think could be to his detriment. Uh, take your time with him, which is probably what Matt Rule doesn't have a lot of. <laughs> yeah. is time. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, do you reach for a quarterback rather than taking best player available? And then if that quarterback doesn't work out, you know, two or three years down the road, you're, you're back at square one. Yeah, and we know here in Carolina, no, no matter who the quarterback is next year, they're going to need a better offensive line. The Panthers yeah. had among one of the worst offensive lines in the league, giving up 52 sacks, which was fifth most. Yeah, we saw Cincinnati with Joe Burrow get to the Super Bowl, and what they, but they had a good quarterback. And the Panthers don't have a Joe Burrow here, but they need a better offensive line. At six, I think a lot of fans want to see them take an offensive lineman, specifically a left tackle. Of the tackles up there on the top of your board, who would you be? Would you think would be right there, slotted at six for Carolina potentially to take? It's tough to say right now because so many teams that select before the Panthers need offensive linemen: the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars with the top pick of the draft. I'll say right here, you know, Jaguars taking a, an offensive tackle, whether it be Evan Neal, whether it be Quanu of, of North Carolina State with the first pick of the draft, is a massive reach in my opinion. Aiden Hutchinson, even Kayvon Thibodeau, although there are questions about Thibodeau. Uh, are significantly better prospects and their impact defensive players. Okay. So I think really for the Panthers, it's, you know, do they think that Evan Neal or Quanu are true left tackles in the league? I have my questions about both being left tackles. I don't have questions about them being right tackles. You know, if they do feel that either of those guys are real left tackles, are they willing to make a move up to ensure they get one of those two players? But if you do that, you still have the, uh, the quarterback question that you've got to answer. Let's take a quick pause, then we'll be right back with Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network and the Believe Podcast Network. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm wondering, because I've seen Aquanu, he's been rated as a number one overall pick in some board. Do you think that would be a reach? I've also seen Evan Neal as high as number one overall. Charles Cross seems to be the third tackle in this draft. What are your thoughts on him as he was really good in that air raid system last year at Mississippi State under Mike Leach? Yeah, Charles Cross is a bit like, he's the Malik Willis of the offensive tackle class in the sense that he's he's a terrific athlete. Uh, he's got great bend, great mobility. He's strong at the point, but he needs a lot of work from the ground up. If you ever watch Charles Cross from a fundamental point of view, he doesn't bend his knees. It doesn't block with leverage on a consistent basis, which you have to do on Sunday if you're an offensive tackle or you're going to get more. 
The second thing about Charles Cross is if you ever watch the Mississippi State film, how many times has Charles Cross come out of a three-point stance? I mean, he's almost exclusively standing up in a two-point stance, as you said, in the Mike Leach air raid uh, attack at Mississippi State. So that's something that, you know, it may not be natural for him to come out of a, a three-point stance and then quickly get into a pass protection set or even run block. So that, that's another area of concerns. Great upside, but it has some downside risk because he's a, I think he's a ways from being NFL ready. It's much easier to stick an offensive tackle uh, onto the field early on than it is a quarterback. But if you do that and he doesn't pan out, you could get your quarterback killed. All right, two more here for you, Tony. Just thinking that the Panthers potentially were to do a trade back in the middle of the first round and say they're able to find a tackle, a veteran, through a free agency or by trading for one. Center is a position of need here in Carolina. Tyler Lindenbaum, Linderbaum, excuse me, from Iowa, seems to be the top center, the consensus. Where do you have him slotted? Would it make sense in the 18, 19, 20 range, or is he someone who should be drafted a little further back? I have him in the bottom third of round one, which basically means picks tw from 20 on. So if a team's going to take him in 18, I don't think that's a big, uh, you know, that's a massive reach. But you know what? There's a kid who uh, Panther fans should watch during the combine. His name is Cameron Jorgens out of Nebraska. Same type of, of uh, zone scheme type of lineman. Very good on his feet. Very athletic. He's probably a third round pick. And rather than using a mid first round choice on a guy like Linderbaum or even the bottom half of Round one choice on Lindebaum. I like Cameron Jorgens, and it's not because it's the center position. It's just that I don't think there's a huge difference between a guy like Lindebaum and a guy like Jorgens or what Jorgens of Nebraska can be a year or two down the road. Yeah, and last one for you. That's the problem. You talk about a third-round pick. The Panthers only have one pick in right. the first three rounds, and they're not looking at least right now. We'll see how – Things get moved over by Scott Perry, the general manager, who went into. Well, the remember, you said trade down. So if they trade down yeah. to sixteen or eighteen, they're going to probably pick up that third round pick. No, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and I imagine Scott Fitter is going to try and get some picks. Last year, he went into the draft. I think we've about six or seven came out of eleven guys. So he'll probably try to do the same thing. And looking at it right now, about the fourth, fifth round. Panthers also looking probably for a middle linebacker or safety. Does anyone kind of jump out at the page for you who could potentially fit in there and could be an impact player in their first year? Yeah, I mean, if Chad Muma happens to slide out of day two from Wyoming, the big, really punch-in-the-mouth type of uh, middle linebacker, I think they should jump all over him. I think whether or not he slides out of day two into the fourth round will be determined uh, here at the Combine. As far as the safety, you know, you got your top – handful of guys and then it really slides off i really don't see too much talent on day three of the draft at the safety position actually let me ask you this this will actually be the last one kyle hamilton yeah i, I look at him plays free safety a position yep. of need here in carolina i would love to see him next to jeremy chin is it crazy i mean because they, they got knees we got to see how free agency plays out but him at six is that a crazy thing to do you know i, I think with uh Kyle Hamilton, you're going to start to hear people compare him to an Isaiah Simmons type of player where he's probably better off at outside linebacker. I mean, when you watch Kyle Hamilton, he's long. He's got growth potential. My concern about Kyle Hamilton at free safety, he's got very long legs and he's a loper. He doesn't have a quick change of direction. Uh, you know, he shows decent range. I just don't know that he's fast enough playing deep center field in the NFL to get to the flanks in time to make plays. We'll have to see. We've got to see what his show times are. We've got to see what his three-cone times are. But, you know, if you watch the league, you know, the quarterbacks have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And what they're doing now is they're taking these larger college safeties and turning them to outside linebackers. 
I think that's the way Kyle Hamilton's going to go. All right, Tony Pauline. You can follow him on Twitter at Tony Pauline. He's an NFL draft analyst for the Pro Football Network. You can also check him out at the Believe Podcast Network. Tony, enjoy your time in Indy. I, I hear that they might be trying to move the combine, which would yeah. break a lot of sports writers' hearts. Listen, I've been to the combine since 2001. Uh, Indianapolis is a perfect place. It's centrally located. They do a good job here. You know, with the convention center, you can get from point A to point B and, and really not have to move around all that much or move around outside. Uh, it, it's gonna, it'll be a shame if they move it. I mean, obviously, the NFL wants to monetize and commercialize the combine just like they have the NFL draft. And I think the more they do that, the more they remove it from being a scouting event to a media and a fan event, which is what the league wants because that's what's going to bring in the revenue. But that's not what the teams want. That's not what the scouts want. You know, they want this to be an NFL scouting uh, event. And you're starting to see it now with how many head coaches who've just not shown up at the combine as opposed to years past. And I think if they move it, they continue to commercialize it. It's just going to get worse. Yeah, well, hopefully they can keep it the same. But I appreciate your time and your insight here on the show today. Thanks for having me. Good stuff from Tony Pauline there of the Believe Podcast Network. You can also check him out on the Pro Football Network as he's an NFL draft analyst. Like you heard, he's been doing this for a long time, over 20 years, going to the scouting combine up there in Indianapolis. And I hear it's great. I hear Indy's an awesome city to host events. There's reasons why they have the Final Four there every couple of years. Well, the NCAA being in Indianapolis is part of the reason, but also they've had Super Bowls and a lot of large-scale events and held the entire NCAA tournament last season, again, because – the NCAA is there, but this is not an NCAA podcast. It's an NFL podcast, and really appreciated his insight there on the tackle class, and especially the quarterbacks. It seems like the general consensus, and Scott Bitterer mentioned this, too, when speaking to the media, that uh, it's not the greatest one, and the Panthers don't have the luxury of time. Well, Matt Rule doesn't have the luxury of time, and to wait for Malik Willis, who's likely a project who needs a year to redshirt, or Kenny Pickett, who might be the most NFL-ready quarterback, doesn't have time to wait for a rookie to figure things out, which leads you to thinking that they're going to try and trade for possibly a Kirk Cousins. They're going to do everything they can, I'm sure, to try and get Russell Wilson or try and get Deshaun Watson if he becomes available. We'll see about Jimmy Garoppolo now with the shoulder surgery that he's going to have here in the next couple of weeks. That's going to keep him out until the middle of the summer. The Carolina Panthers, let it be known, Scott Fitter, that is, that the quarterback position is wide open. Big old duh. But thank God we heard that and also happy to hear that he understands how the fan base feels and that it's time to win football games here in Carolina. That's going to wrap it up here for me on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to also subscribe to the show over on YouTube. We have over 200 subscribers so far after only two weeks. So let's get that number up. Let's help more people out there who love the Panthers find a show and can support the podcast. And be sure to follow me over on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday, like tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions on the show. You can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council over there on Twitter. In the meantime, be safe. Take care, and I will talk to y'all on Friday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.